You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 548 of the Locked On Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Rowland, on this fine Wednesday evening here from State Farm Arena in the aftermath of what was a dominant win for the Atlanta Hawks, a 132-111 to win that actually wasn't even that close, frankly, and the majority of the podcast today will be spent breaking all the uh, things down from that particular contest. There was uh, very little news, actually, before this game started between uh, earlier in the week when I recorded with Chris Barnwall. If you missed that podcast, please go back and listen to it. But nothing's really changed since then, other than the fact that Lloyd Pierce told Kevin Chouinard of Hawks.com earlier in the week that Miles Plumley, who was supposed to be coming back this week, had a setback of some sort, so we'll see when he actually returns. But other than that, the uh, only other piece of news, I guess, if, if you even call it that, is that Dwayne, Dwayne Devin returned to the starting lineup in this game after a one-game absence. He did miss a couple games before that with some actual injury stuff, but he was on a, a minutes restriction on Sunday. Um, but uh, no real drama there, honestly. I kind of assumed that was going to happen, and Devin was back and played very well in this game. So, with all that said, let's get into what transpired here. From the beginning of the game, it was pretty much all Hawks. Uh, there were some moments of resistance from the Grizzlies, um, but a 5-0 start for the Hawks to start this game off uh, that ended up with a quick timeout from the Grizzlies. In fact, it was 7-0 to open after a, uh, a alley-oop from Troy Young to Kevin Herter. It sort of set the tone for the entire rest of the evening. Uh, in fact, Kevin Herter had a great start to this game with 10 points in the first four minutes on 4 of 5 shooting. That was sort of a pickup of where he was on Sunday when he was fantastic as the leading scorer for Atlanta in their last victory. Uh, but a 19-8 run to open the game for the Hawks and five assists in the early going for the team. That continued to be uh, a theme throughout the contest. Uh, Trey Young also started off well with three of three to start the game. Um, Memphis did not play well, I will say, in the entire game, especially in the first uh, little bit of time. But I will say... The Hawks starters played great defense um, by their standards in this game. Um, the end numbers were not like absolutely ridiculously great for the for the defense by any means, but I did think that the Hawks played pretty decently defensively throughout this game. It was definitely an offensive-based night. We'll spend much more time talking about the offense in this contest, but I thought they, especially the starters, played pretty well defensively, and that's not always been the case this year, so I wanted to at least note it uh, in the early going here. Uh, the other big highlight of the first quarter was a 360 dunk. <laughs> yes, a 360 dunk from DeAndre Bembry uh, in, in, uh, in the open floor. Uh, Bembry is capable of a big-time highlight every once in a while, and he was uh, running willing to give one here in this game. That was, that was a fun one. There were a few uh, good highlights in, across this game, as you might expect from the uh, final score. Um, but um, all told, there was a brief moment of resistance with a 12-4 run by the Grizzlies late in the first quarter to get within two points. But from there, it was still uh, the Hawks kind of taking control with a late three on, from, from Alex Lynn. And uh, the team had eight assists in the first quarter, so it so really well for the offense. In the second quarter, there's another three by Lynn, actually. He hit back-to-back threes across the quarter break to put the Hawks back up by six. Uh, sorry, back up by eight with a 6-0 run by Alex Lynn by himself. Got the lead back to 10. There was a brief time in the second quarter where it was basically just ping-ponging back and forth from, like, the Hawks leading by four or five up to 10. And it kept going back and forth, back and forth. Part of that was C.J. Miles, who had a fantastic game for the for the Grizzlies. He was the only guy on the Grizzlies roster, other than Mike Conley, that really played well here. Um, Miles ended up connecting for the game on eight threes. He had 33 points off the bench for Memphis. And again, 
game. He lost by 21. It was not his fault, though. He was plus six, actually, in 33 minutes, and he had eight threes. Um, six of those threes, yes, six of those threes came before halftime. He was just raining, um, and uh, got, got a nice shout-out from Lloyd Pierce uh, after the game, just talking about just how Miles was the guy that they couldn't seem to find. Um, but other than that, it's kind of the only blight for Atlanta in the first half. Um, another pair of threes from Herter and Young, back-to-back, to, back to go up by 11 late in the first half. Five guys reached double figures before halftime. And the most important stat of the night, I think, was the first half assist to turnover ratio. 19 assists in the first half, only three turnovers. That's a fantastic ratio. It did not improve necessarily from there. But at the same time, it was, the damage was kind of done from, for, uh, for, for a lot of that game. You know, the Hawks did only lead by 12 at the halftime break, and then they extended that lead in the third quarter. But the first half is where a lot of the damage was uh, happening. And it's worth noting right now, before I forget to say it, that the Grizz has been playing fantastic defense in the re in recent days. They were, uh, they're were already a top 10 defense for the entire year, and uh, recently they've been even better than that, like a definitely, like a basically an elite unit defensively. And in this game, the Hawks just carved them up throughout the contest. We'll, we'll keep talking about that, but I wanted to say that now. Memphis has been playing great defense. They didn't really play that great in this game, but still, uh, the Hawks, this is against a team that, you know, Memphis is not a great team overall, but defense has not been the problem for the Grizzlies this year, and the Hawks made them look pretty silly throughout this contest. The third quarter opened up with sort of the uh, the knockout blow to some extent. After I look back on it here, an 11 to two run to open the third quarter to go up by 21 points. There was a string of a, a long distance uh, connection from Trey Young on a very, very deep bomb. Uh, another three from Torian Prince, and then a three-point play from Young again off the dribble to go up by 21 points. Also, um, in a moment of, of amusement, Dwayne Debman tried to like put Jonas Valanciunas in a blender uh, off the dribble, um, which was kind of hilarious. That was a, probably the funniest moment of the night for me. It was pretty hilarious to see him go, so kind of go one-on-one. -on -one. Didn't really work out very well, but I'm a huge Debman fan, and I definitely enjoyed that one um, early in the third quarter. Other than that, the biggest highlight was a 60-foot connection from Young to Collins on an alley-oop that was a beautiful thing. I'm sure you've probably seen the highlight by now, but if you missed it, that's kind of made the rounds everywhere from, from Fox Sports Southeast. So that was a fun one and an awesome pass, awesome finish. Those guys are very good at that. And Atlanta scored 18 points in about four and a half minutes to open the third quarter, and that was kind of the end of that. Um, the Grizzlies got within 15 a couple different times in the third quarter, um, but that was kind of as close as they could get it there. And the Hawks had 110 points through three quarters and 31 assists. That is pretty outstanding. And uh, basically the game was over at that point in time. Um, the Hawks did take a little bit of a bigger lead in the fourth before leveling off. I want to say, though, it was never competitive in the fourth quarter. And when the starters exited this contest with 6.16 6 left in the game when the Hawks went to their second unit, the Hawks were up by 27 points at that point, and Atlanta had a 140 140 offensive rating. That is fantastic. For, for reference there, the best teams in the league are in the 115 range. That's like uber elite. So to, to have 140 for basically an entire game, it's just outstanding offense, and the Hawks were that good in this game offensively. Um, so all told, uh, before we get to the individual players that we'll save for the second half of this podcast, um, the offensive numbers in this game were predictably awesome for Atlanta. 51% from the floor, 38% from three, 17 attempts, on, on, uh, uh, sorry, 45 attempts, 17 makes from beyond the arc. Boyd Pierce praised uh, the ball movement and how that how that led to open threes. He wants to take a lot of threes, 45. He said that number a couple different times as a reference point just for this game and how good, how good they were on offense. They got up a lot of they made a lot of threes. 35 assists. 35. And honestly, if the game was more competitive, they might have challenged their season high, which is 38. I guess they had 31 through three quarters, but things kind of cooled off from there. But still, 35 assists, only 12 turnovers. And again, I want to mention one more time, the first half of uh, the three turnovers in the first half was something that was 
definitely definitely important. I asked Lloyd Pierce about that after the game, and he was uh, sort of glowing about their ball security in this contest. Referenced that the last seven or eight, nine games when the Hawks have been really good on offense, a lot of that's taking care of the ball. They have to make shots as well, of course, and the ball movement's important, but just not turning it over. Uh, he referenced that as being, quote, the Achilles heel, end quote, of the team this season. That's obviously true. The Hawks have been historically bad in terms of turning the ball over throughout the season, but recently that's been cleaned up a lot, and that, that is leading to much more effective offense. That's not the whole thing, but it's a big part of it, and the Hawks took advantage in this game. Uh, one last number here, a 129.9 offensive rating for the game, and that is with the slog of the last seven minutes of the game when it was basically all all, all garbage time, a lot of backups, third-string guys on the floor. But, uh, but before that, they were just fantastic in this game offensively. Like, defensively, there were some moments where they weren't so great, leaving Miles open a bunch of times. Uh, Mike Conley got kind of got his with 20.7 assists. But other than that, man, it was it was a really, really strong performance from the Hawks and one that uh, should be going on their highlight reel if there is one to put together at this point in the season. We will come back in a moment to talk about the individual players in this game, but I do want to take a moment to tell you about the good folks at MyBookie. The first weekend of the NCAA tournament is the greatest betting event of the year. And honestly, it's not really that close, but whether, that, whether, you, whether you like to fill out a bracket, pick a national champion, predict a first-round upset, or all of the above, MyBookie is the perfect home for your March Madness fun. Will Zion and RJ Lee Duke to the title? Can Virginia overcome his tournament woes? Can Kentucky get back to the Final Four? We'll get those answers soon enough, but if you think you already know them, or even if you don't, MyBookie is the best place to get in on the action. They have something for everybody from props to futures and good old-fashioned point spreads and totals and my bookie has been in the business for years their goal is to give you the best customer service in the business and the best part is they pay out fast when you win like 48 hours fast and that's the one of the best in the industry you want to bet with the best and kick back and enjoy March Madness while you while you can watch your picks cash. So go ahead and deposit with MyBookie today with promo code LOCKEDONNBA. MyBookie today with promo code LOCKEDONNBA for our 50% sign-up bonus. One more time, that's promo code LOCKEDONNBA. And with MyBookie, you play, you win, and you get paid. All right, we're back to talk about the individual players. And uh, as you might expect, a lot of this is positive. Um, the bench was not as good as the starters. The starters were fantastic, so we'll save those for the end. The plus minuses there are just kind of jarring. But off the bench, a couple of guys um, had good nights. Alex Len leading the way with 20 points, 8 rebounds, 4 assists, and 2 block shots in 23 minutes. He was very efficient, very productive. Boy Pierce said after the game when asked about Alex Lentz's performance that once he gets a couple of shots to uh, kind of go down from the, from the perimeter early on, that opens things up quite a bit for the pick-and-roll game. Lentz's shooting has been a revelation this season. It's not like he's an incredible shooter, but a functional shooter at, at his size, you know, legit 7'1", 7'2", uh, and with his physicality and length, uh, it's really nice to sort of unlock that. He was also 6 of 8 from two-point range to go along with 2, two of 5 from three-point range. Uh, missed a couple of bunnies at the rim, something I tweeted about during the game, but it feels kind of small now considering all the production that he had, but if Len was a little bit better in finishing around the rim, he'd be even better. But I think he's still having a really nice season, and that's worth uh, focusing on in this game. Uh, in support of him, Vince Carter, 10 points off the bench in only eight, only on only eight shot attempts, 16 minutes for Vince. So a pretty, uh, I guess, relaxed effort from him, but he played just fine and uh, produced in the way that he usually does. Bembry only had the two points, but it was on the 360 dunk, so that's, that's always fun. Four rebounds, four assists, two steals, and a block. He was very, very active. He did have three turnovers, which he was the only guy on the team that had multiple turnovers. Uh, sorry, him and, him and Jalen Adams both had three turnovers, but the only guy on the team, only two guys on the team that had multiple turnovers, but still, Bembry contributed quite a bit all, on defense, as he usually does, and just gave a lot of good energy. They, they like they like what uh, what he can do in that role, and he played pretty well, I thought. 
But Adams, I thought, played pretty solidly. Eight points, five assists, which was uh, second on the team, and actually had more than Herter and more than Lynn and more than Bevery and more than Prince and all those fun guys. And all those fun guys. So good to see um, Adams generating some quality offense. Three of seven from the floor, two of six from three, and a pretty solid game off the hitter from Jalen Adams. You know, defensively he had some trouble against Conley at times, but that's not really a knock on Jalen Adams as a tough matchup for anyone, particularly a, a rookie guard that is not necessarily the most um, forward defensive player in the world. The one guy I thought didn't play well is Kent Bazemore. I thought he struggled mightily in this contest. He was scoreless. 0 of 6 from the floor, 0 of 5 from 3, two rebounds, an assist, and a block. I think it can be overstated a little bit when you just see that he, had, that he didn't score in this game. That does not mean, that's not that's not my analysis of him. It does not really have that much to do with his scoring. He was inefficient, though, and took a couple of bad shots. I just thought Bayes was kind of bad. Uh, with respect to Lloyd Pierce, I, uh, I talked about something that Pierce was saying in the post game, and he gave an answer that he, he thought no one on the team was poor. I disagree with him on that one. I think Bazemore was legitimately bad in this contest. If you're a longtime listener, you would know that I am a big fan of Kent Bazemore, but recently he's not been playing very well, um, and as a result of that, his minutes have gone down. Uh, when that first was happening, I was kind of, I wouldn't say too critical, but someone, I think in general, um, it's usually better for him to play more than he is playing, um, but recently the numbers are really not good, and for instance, for some reference points here, here are his shooting lines from the last handful of games here. Um, the last game of February, he was 0 of 12 against the Wolves, and then he was 1 of 8, 4 of 10, 5 of 16, 4 of 11, 1 of 6, 5 of 10, which was a little bit better against the Pelicans. I thought he played pretty well in that game, but then back to 0 of 6 here. So he's not really shooting the ball very well in any way, shape, or form. Again, the game is more than, is, is about more than that, but Bezos just does not look comfortable necessarily right now. So I don't want to spend too much time on that on a night that's really, really positive for the Hawks overall, but he was the one black mark. I didn't think baseball played very well, obviously, in this contest. Uh, elsewhere, uh, the only other guys that played in this game were uh, Justin Anderson, Tyler Zeller, and B.J. Johnson, who were all playing garbage time, and I don't want to spend too much time on those guys because it wasn't too much to take home, other than Anderson getting on the board for four points. Uh, it's pretty quiet from those guys. To the starters in this contest, um, it was generally awesome. I tweeted this during the game from the Peachtree Hoops account. But at the end of the night, the plus minuses were absolutely ridiculous. It's not all about single game plus minus in, in this space, but um, sometimes it tells the story. It tells the story pretty well here because the starters were great in this game. Devin was plus 26, Collins plus 28, Prince plus 21, Young plus 25, and Herter plus 35 in 27 minutes. So uh, that tells you the story that the starters were awesome together in this game. Uh, we'll start on uh, with Wayne Debman, who was the quietest, I will say, uh, at least on the court. Uh, six points, six rebounds, three assists. Did have two steals and two blocks, though, and five fouls. Three of nine from the floor, didn't make a three. So it wasn't like he was explosive as a guy producing in the, in the uh, stat sheet. Debman is always entertaining uh, and didn't play that much. 21 minutes, they were definitely keeping him um, under wraps a little bit on the, on the heels of the injury. And, of course, Lamb was playing great, so there was no reason to go back to Debman as, as, as much as they probably could have. But, you know, he was okay. I didn't think he was great or anything. He was the one guy that really didn't stand out, but I thought he was just fine. Torian Prince played well, I thought. 15 points, 3 rebounds, 3 assists. Um, had a couple of ball-stopping moments in the first half, but in general had some nice passes along the way with 3 assists. 6 of 11 from the floor, 3 of 6 from 3, so a pretty efficient night from Torian, and I thought he played well. Uh, John Collins continues to just roll out of bed and produce. 27 points, 12 rebounds, 2 blocks, a steal, and an assist. Good to see him getting blocks and steals again. Um, that was a, a talking point for quite some time now that he's not been getting those, but he had a, a handful of blocks on Sunday and then two more in this game, so he's been more active on the defensive end in recent days. And, of course, the 27-12 speaks for itself. In 25 minutes, 11-17 from the floor and 1-2 from three. Uh, Collins, you know, we've talked about his weaknesses and his strengths a lot on this podcast, but a guy that can have 27-12 and 12 in 25 minutes uh, is pretty darn good, at, especially in, when it comes to producing. Uh, Trey Young was very good, I thought, in this game. 22 points, 8 assists, no turnovers. 
Eight assists, no turnovers for Trey Young. That's a huge win for your rookie point guard. And, of course, the 22 points is very nice as well. Uh, 12, 12 um, shot attempts, 22 points. That's what you want. Eight of 12 from the floor, three of five from three, three of three from the free throw line. So very efficient, very strong um, passing game from Trey. And probably could have had 10 or 11 assists, maybe even more than that, with a couple of misses around the rim that he generated on his own. I thought Trey was under control. A couple of long-distance connections. He, you know, he, he's not going to grab the headlines that he normally would grab, but I thought he was really under control. It was a mature strong, good performance from Trey Young. He didn't need to do too much in this game, but he did exactly what he needed to do on offense throughout the night. And finally, Kevin Herter. Um, definitely cooled off after the hot stretch to start the game when he had 10 points in the first five minutes or so. Only, only had 16 points, but five rebounds, four assists, a steal, and a block for Herter. Six of 10 from the floor, four of six from three, so another uber-efficient night from him. And, of course, the plus 35 stands out in 27 minutes. That's not all him by any means, but I thought Herter played well. And, you would, again, you know, big picture, the only guy that I did not think played up to his normal standard was Kent Bazemore and you can't complain too much about that when uh, you know you're playing a 10-man rotation and nine of the guys play either at their level of um, normal play or better that's a good recipe to go ahead and win this game and the Hawks get a 21 point victory that is very very impressive for Atlanta so uh, we will have one more podcast between now and the weekend uh, in some form or fashion. I'm not really sure what it's going to be yet. I have a couple of leads. I'm not sure what, that, what those are going to, uh, whether those are going to manifest between now and then. But I do want to take a moment to tell you to subscribe to the podcast. It's been huge. We've seen some uptick there, but I do want to say it's very important. So please go ahead and do that for us. I really, really appreciate that. Thank you for listening to the podcast. The Hawks will be back in action on Saturday with a 12.30 p.m. Eastern time tip-off in Boston. I will not be there. That will be a weird matinee on Saturday and then a back-to-back with Orlando, so Hawks have to, have to travel. It's a little bit easier when you have a game in the afternoon, but a, sort of a weird watch time. I will remind you of that later on in the week when I have another podcast, but uh, just keep that in mind as you prepare for the rest of the week and into the weekend. There will be one, one more podcast at some point between now and then, but this, this will be your, your Thursday morning episode, so please file that away. Once again, please subscribe to the podcast. Check out my bookie with promo code LOCKEDONNBA, and we'll see you all later on in the week.